Alright, well hello and welcome to our Coffee with Alan today. Uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you about a, a word that uh, I keep getting, keep hearing, um, you know, I keep hearing the phrase uh, back to normal, wanting to get back to normal or settle into a new normal. And, and the phrase that came to my mind was status quo. Figuring out uh, what the status quo is, you know, li- it literally means in the in the Latin, uh, in statu quo, uh, literally in the state in which. Uh, but it's actually a shortened phrase. Um, the whole phrase whole phrase is in statu quo, res errant antebellum. Uh, so basically saying as things stood before the war. So think about that. Whenever uh, a war war happens uh, what what the state of humanity is like before and then once the the war is over it goes to a new normal uh, a new normalcy um, think about you know grandparents stories before and after uh, World War II if you have grandparents who, who lived through World War II uh, my, like my grandfather was a pilot in World War II flew a, a b-24 and uh, he he was you know, went out there and trained, and he um, he went out actually to Idaho, and and trained to fly a, a B twenty four, and uh, and you know <coughs> one of the interesting things is you know that wasn't on his radar. I don't ever remember him. He, he was actually a farmer. He was a farmer in Indiana. Uh, he was he ranched uh, ducks. They had a duck. They had a duck farm out in Indiana. And uh, it was, they still held ducks until I think about 10 years ago or so. Uh, but uh, he, he went to war and came back a pilot. And that's what he did for the rest of his life. The, what he did for the rest of his life was he trained pilots. And he flew private charters out of Redbird Airport, out of, just out of Dallas. And so for them, the new normal became flying. He became a pilot. And... Uh, I always remember, you know, everywhere around their house, they had, you know, model airplanes and all sorts of stuff. And so piloting and flying became, became part of the thing uh, that defined my pappy's life from then on out. My, my mimi and pappy's house from, or, you know, and life from then on. It's what paid the bills and everything. So thinking about what life before the war, like life before COVID-19, life before the, the current crisis, if you think about it, and and as people's desire to get back to normal, or at least for you know the feeling of getting back to some sort of sense of normalcy, you're walking around where where no one, you know everyone's not wearing masks, where you don't sit in sit in a coffee shop and you know everyone that comes in in the in the building like here, everyone's wearing masks, and and before they're as they're walking to the table and watching someone put on their mask to go and pick up a coffee or to go to the bathroom and then walk back to their seat. And just the frustration uh, that, that comes with, with almost like this emotional fight against the war. What is the war? COVID-19, face masks, government overstep, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the, this new normalcy that everyone's trying to, that everyone's pushing and fighting against that, feeling this fight against the new normal. Uh, where, the, where if, you know, it seems for many of us that the new normal is defined as fear, is defined as uh, just, you know, the, the phrase that I've seen around the Internet is, you know, calling people sheeple, you know, following the, the you know, the government uh, mandates and, and, the, and the political or the, you know, the popular 
uh, phrasing for certain things that are referred to with with masks and with public order and all sorts of things and and now with all this you know with the election and, and national uprising and racial racial discord you know discord um, just trying to figure out what does that look like for us as Christians us as as God's saints as God's holy ones to live in our lives what kind of normal are we looking for what kind of normal are we fighting for in our own lives in our in our family's lives uh, what kind of life are we are we fighting for um, are we fighting for the normal of American uh, the American dream that we felt like we were living before COVID hit uh, are we fighting to live a life that is um, um, that is different going back to where in, in essence, the you know the people, you know Christians, looked very little different than the other the surrounding culture. Do our lives look different uh, on a daily basis from uh, from those around us in the world? And I, I, I kept thinking about this, and I've, I've been preparing for for some, my sermon on Sunday, and uh, and so preparing for this the sermon on the sword of the spirit, talking about the Bible, talking about Scripture. Um, and what is what is what that looks like to wield the sword of the spirit, and uh, it led me to Revelation of all things, and uh, <coughs> I kept actually it's funny because this passage I'm not even referring to it on Sunday. Just I kept reading, I uh, got interested and kept reading, and it, it made me think about the you know the mark of the beast. So if you've ever seen different uh, clips from that you know the pandemic you know video that's kind of been going around the internet, um, all these things and talking about you know. Bringing up the you know, microchip, I've, I've heard people talk about the microchip is the mark of the beast. It's you know, the, you know, Microsoft is trying to put a, a mark. You know, Bill Gates is trying to put a, a mark. You know, put a, a code, a little microchip in, in the palm, you know, on the on our hand, uh, and so that will keep your vaccination records and all sorts of stuff. And so basically, you can't go into certain businesses if you haven't been you know have have your vaccination. Yeah. And we talked, as we talked about last week, we talked about conspiracy theories. So if you haven't watched that one, go back and watch it uh, and then come back to this one. I'll give you I'll give you a moment to do that right now. OK, you're back. <laughs> so but basically uh, talking about what is the, you know, the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast. And I stumbled, stumbled upon this. The scripture passages we're, we're going to read here. This is Revelation chapter 13. And uh, it, sa- it says, you know, the beast from the earth was empowered to breathe life into the image of the first beast so that it could speak and kill those who refused to worship its image. It also caused everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and bound to, m- to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead. This meant no one could buy or sell unless they had the mark. That is the name of the beast or its number. This will require wisdom to understand. Let no one, I'm sorry, let the one with insight interpret the number of the wild beast, for it is humanity's number. Uh, you know, man's number, the number of humanity, because you know, humanity was, was, was created on the sixth, sixth day. And so the mark of humanity has always been the number six. Um, and so just so as we look at this at this passage uh, and we continue to look at this passage and in, in going into 14, I want us to, to keep that in our mindset um, that humanity's number is six um, and the number of fulfillment is the number seven. And then the number of the new creation is the number eight, meaning the new day, the new creation. Uh, we'll talk about uh, probably on another, another cast. I think I've talked about it before. Um, 
But it says here in, in, the, in the beginning of uh, chapter 14, Then I looked, and behold, there was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion. Gathered with him were the uh, 144,000 who had his name on their four, on their, uh, I'm sorry, had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a tremendous sound coming out of heaven, like the roar of a waterfall and like the earth splitting sound of a thunderclap. The sound of music that I heard was like the sound of many harpists playing their harps. It's probably where we get the, the whole con- you know, concept of when you're in heaven, you're, you're up on a cloud playing a harp. Could be like this. Uh, and they were singing a wonderful new song before the throne in front of the four living creatures and in front of the 24 elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed and who had not defiled themselves with women. For they are virgins and, and they join themselves to the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been purchased from humanity and brought forth as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. Their words are always true and without flaw. So basically, there's a contrast here. So talking about... Uh, I'll just read to you like the, the description from this is the passion passion translation. So this, they actually have a pretty cool section on on what on what that number is on the humanity's number six six six. So it says this um, thirteen eighteen or man's number. The Aramaic can be translated the the son of Adam's number. There's no reference to the Antichrist in the Book of Revelation. Very interesting. There's not one mention of the Antichrist or the spirit of the Antichrist in the Book of Revelation. Just a side note there. Um, the beast is equated to the nature of humanity. The number 666 is the number of man, not an incar- incarnation of the devil, but human nature. The number six is always equated with man, for man is created, again, like on the sixth day. The wild beast rising out of the ground, which man was made from, is the sin of man that wars against our souls and pre- prevents the image of Christ from emerging in, in fullness within believers. The number 666 cannot be little, for a literal number would need no wisdom to interpret. Both the mark of the beast and the mark on the foreheads of God's faithful followers is a metaphor of the character of the beast revealed by thoughts, foreheads, and by actions, the hands. Um, and so there, there's this contrast between those who received the mark of the beast and those who received, uh, as in, in chapter 14, right here, no one uh, could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed and who had not defiled themselves with women for their virgins. Blah, blah, blah. Um, basically, they, they were saying that those who had been, who had the mark of God, those who had the mark of the lamb. Uh, oh, there it is. Sorry, it's verse one. And then I looked and behold, There was the lamb standing on Mount Zion. Gathered with him were the 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So basically this contrast between God's people and those of humanity. Those who either have have gotten the mark, basically saying allegiance to to the beast, to humanity. The character of humanity, the char- character of, of fallen Adam, what is it said, the son of Adam's number, um, <coughs> all, you know, and or those who had been given, uh, been, you know, had the, the name of God and his father written on their foreheads, 
and therefore was on their hands. Uh, their actions, their minds, written on their minds and written on, on their hands. So 144,000, I want a little so short aside here. So 144,000, if you know anything, you know, math, think about English. Uh, so 144 is 12 times 12. The number is 12. The 12 times 12 is the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples multiplied together. And the, and the number 1,000 in, in imagery in scripture is always attributed to the number of completeness. So like 3, like 7, uh, like 12, like 1,000, uh, it is, is this number of completion. The complete number of you know, 12,000, which is the 12,000 who were part of the, the nation of Israel, and the 12,000 multiplied by the 10,000 of those who are part of Christ, the 12 disciples, multiplied together them together we have 144,000 so it's not talking about this set 144 literal number because numbers in the book of Revelation are never literal uh, these these tw- you know, these numbers are represent the completeness the, com- the full number of Israel the full number of the new the new covenant the old covenant the new covenant brought together and the complete number of the old and new covenants brought together who had the name of the lamb his name the lamb's name and the Father's name written on their foreheads. And so there's this contrast between the two thing here, things here. So going back to my, my original intention with the original word, status quo, or new normal, if you will. <coughs> the, the thought is, who are you going to serve? Who are you serving? Who are you going to serve before the war? Before COVID or before fill in the blank, uh, before whatever, were we just like everyone else in the world? Are we are we as believers basically being synchron you know synchronized? Uh, this word called syncretism. Are we being synchronized to the world around us, just following the status quo, following that which is, you know the current affairs um, uh, that of which are going around us, the current way of life, the current way of living the current way of being and doing and and doing this thing called life um, the same principles the same characteristics are do we have the characteristics of humanity written upon us are, are we defined are our lives defined by the american dream um, are they defined by our country are they defined by our politics are they defined by the morality of our world and humanity around us or are they defined by the lamb and the Father, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Are we defined by who we are in Christ or are we defined by who we are in the world? Are we defined by humanity's number or are we defined by the Father's number, the full totality of, of God, the character of God? What number is written upon us? Are we following the status quo? Or are we breaking from it? Maybe this is, this is the time that maybe God is calling us out of the world, calling us to be set apart, to truly understand what that means to be truly set apart, to be truly holy, to be truly blameless, to be truly righteous, to be who we are meant to be, to fully and truly live a life that has the Lamb and the Father's name 
written upon our foreheads, upon our minds, upon our actions, upon our hands, what we think, what we believe, what we feel, what we do. Um, and living out that reality, living out the truth of who we are in Christ. I love this. Not no one could learn that song except the church, the believers, the full totality of God's people who had been redeemed and who have not defiled themselves with, you know, basically, this phrase prostituted themselves with, with women. Basically, this, this, this concept of adulteration, adulterating our lives. You know, these women become a metaphor for the daughters of the harlot of, Bar- of Babylon, as the Revelation talks about later on in Revelation 17.5. You know, with its false religious or way of living life. Um, you know, there's many different ways that people have interpreted that. Some people believe it, you know, going back to, you know, to, to the law of Judaism. Some people associate it to the Catholic Church. Other people associate it with, you know, the principalities of darkness like Babylon, America, or Babylon, Rome, or whatever it is. Basically, going back to this, this mentality of, like, Jezebel was deceiving. She was you know, known as the harlot who deceived Israel from following God and to, un, in order to follow the pagan gods, to follow other gods. Um, and so I, I think we can interpret it this, this way. Um, basically, you know, for they are um, virgins. They're pure, obedient, willing to do the will of God and bringing forth an expression of Christ through the earth is what this word, this concept is talking about. Um, and they join themselves to the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been purchased from humanity and brought forth as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. Their words are always true and without flaw. And so this is who we are. We are the virgins. We are the holy and pure and blameless and obedient 144,000. We are part of that 144,000. That is who you are. If you are a believer, if you are a saint, if you are a redeemed son or daughter of, of God. This is who you are. You are part of this. This is your identity. Not you will you could attain this attain this if you keep yourself you know pure, keep yourself you know, keep a short account. This is who you are. If you have placed your allegiance and faith in Jesus Christ, you are a son or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is written upon you. You are a child of the Lamb of God. And so, here's the kicker. Live it. Maybe COVID is that great divider. Maybe this is that time in our lives that we are, this is the wake-up call, you guys. This is the wake-up call for us to lean in and live and step into our true identity as saints, as followers of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, followers and believers in the Lamb of God, the Father, the Lion of Judah. We are children of God. I'll say it, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. Humanity is not, we're not all God's children. That is a misnomer. That is a falsity, that is a lie, that is the deception of the enemy. We are not all God's children. It says in in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 1, those who are who have been predestined, who have been called, who have been who have been you know, become a part of the God, the kingdom of God, those you know, who have been adopted into the family of God, those He has given the right to become children of 
God. So if you are a child of God, you're not just a human. You are a believer. You have placed your faith and allegiance in Jesus Christ. And that is how you become a child of God. That is how you become a citizen in the kingdom of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so maybe this is the wake-up call. You know, as, as we constantly constantly hear from conspiracy theorists, wake up, wake up, America, wake up, America. Wake up, kingdom of God. Live the kingdom of God. Live your allegiance to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Live your true identity. Live different, countercultural, different than the status quo. Wake up, Christian. Wake up, saint. Wake up, church. Be who you are called to be. Do what you are called to do. Stop doing the things that you are called not to do because it's not who you are. Live your true identity. Live the true power. Live in, the, in, in faith of the Son of God. Wield the sword of the Spirit. Put on the full armor of God because those who are truly believers will suffer persecution, will be hated by the world for saying and doing the truth. So get ready. Maybe it's time for us. Maybe this is what is the, is the great divider of the church from the, from the culture around us. Maybe this is where the oil and the water separate. You know, it's been shook. It's been, it shook up, was shaken up, you know, 1700 years ago and it's, continue to be shaken up and maybe this is now the settling point to where the oil and water separate and divide not that we're giving up on the world we always want to be drawing the nations and drawing people to christ drawing people into salvation into faith in the in the son of god so that they can become a part of that 12 that 144,000 people it's not a closed click number guys it's at the end of the at the end of days the days of days it is those, the, the end total number of those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. So be that light. Be that light to all nations. Be that light to Belgrade. Be that light to Bozeman. Be that light to wherever you're watching this from. Be that light to the world. Reflect the light of the, of the light of the world. Jesus Christ. He said, I am the light. Anyone who comes to me, this, this is what we're talking about, guys. Bring people, attract people, always be inviting people. Don't just, don't just, just write them off, write the world off as if they're a lost cause. Sure, there's a lot of junk going on right now. There's a lot of crap in the world. There's a lot of suck. But we are the ones that have the song, the song of peace, the song of hope, the song of joy. Let us sing that song in the nations and draw them to the Lamb of God. So I hope that this helps and this, this opens up, this is a whole long, conver- a lot, long word of this conversation of what this actually means in, in, in reality and, and, uh, and how we live this out. And so I hope that this has helped open that door. And so I think this might uh, open, this, open the door to conversation in the, the, the weeks to come or so. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, comment there in, in the comment section. And uh, because I'd love to, to kind of hear your, your thoughts and, and things to talk about, things that you might want me to, to address in, in, the, in the weeks and months, months ahead uh, as we 
continue on with this new normal? What does it look like for us as the church to create our own new normal in our own, in God's kingdom, in the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? What does that look like for us to live that way of life? So, love you guys. I will see you guys next time.